we get really comfortable um, in, our, in, our, in our skin and in our addictions and it's really hard to break that. But that's why I think, you know, the, the health and happiness is the most important thing and that's mentally and physically. So for me, this kind of, you know, that hits both of those. I, I meditate, I get up, I stretch, you know, I can do my, my bike ride two, three, four times a week, just, you know, it depends. But I get out, you know, at least once a week and do it. And for me going through those actions, it, it, it releases those endorphins, it keeps me happy and healthy, and it allows me to kind of um, have the confidence to, to do that, to try different things. You're listening to The Recovered Life Show, the show that helps people in recovery live their best recovered lives. And here is your host, Damon Frank. Welcome back to The Recovered Life Show. I'm pleased to be joined today by Parker Boone. After a sudden disappearance by his father, Parker turned to alcohol to cope with his loss. After years of struggling with alcohol abuse, Parker, with the help of his family, checked into a three-month recovery program. Once sober, he purchased a bike as transportation to his new job. Little did he know that that simple bike purchase would turn into his new passion and path for his and others' long-term recovery. Welcome to the show, Parker. Thanks. Good morning, Damon. So glad to have you on today. And, you know, when I first spoke with you via phone, we talked about passion, you know, finding your passion in recovery. And that is really what you have done. And you'll elaborate a little bit more on that and about how you did that. But first, tell us kind of what happened. How did you get here? How, how did this whole journey start? Yeah, you know, I had a, a family tragedy um, with my father. I've got you know, a really close network or close family. And, um, he went missing and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll keep that part of it short, but through, through that, um, incident, um, I had a, a, a kind of a deep, dark depression that kind of set in over time. And, you know, I used alcohol, um, drugs to kind of, you know, take away that pain and that feeling. And, um, you know, it's interesting just how it, it's, it's a very, it's kind of a selfish act when you think of it, that you're participating in something that's kind of taking you away from reality and your family and your loved ones and, you know, watching them and seeing um, how they're affected. And, you know, looking back on that, it, it's really, a, it's a blessing to be here and, uh, and be here today talking with you. So. I mean, Parker, what's really interesting about your story is I don't know if you had any inclination that you might have a problem with addiction before your father went missing, but it was a rather dramatic thing that happened where all of a sudden your dad's there one day and literally he's not. Uh, there's a big question mark and you just really kind of, you know, you know, how did you deal with that? So you, you turn to alcohol and drugs to kind of probably block that out, I assume. Yeah, exactly. Right. I, you know, I hid, um, usually I was a social person. I played sports. I had a lot of friends and, you know, when, when that depression it hits you, I had a, you know, more of a sense of hiding. I like to go instead of going out and, and hanging, hanging out with friends and doing things, I would, um, you know, go hide out my room or, you know, drink and, and do drugs. And that's just such a sad, terrible way to live. And it wasn't, you know, until finally family members and loved ones were kind of, you know, trying to kick me out of that, um, of that zone. And, 
um, I, I did need help. And I, I think I needed help probably before, you know, maybe that whole incident went down too. I think I had maybe a, a natural inclination to be more of that addictive personality or, um, you know, someone that would kind of crutch or lean on, on things like that. So I did, I kind of had a little bit of that in me, I believe that could be part of the, you know, genetic fabric um, that they talk about with alcoholism or with drug addiction, but whatever that, you know, attraction was, I had it. I didn't just, you know, create it out of thin air or just lean on it. Um, but, but, you know, I, I drank, I partied, I did drugs before that incident. So, you know, I had a, yeah, a little you know, bit of a history. Say, you know, at, we, we've done shows on trauma here at Recovered Life that, you know, trauma will escalate an addiction problem that maybe it was, you know, something that was, that, that was there, but maybe would not have been so prevalent or maybe would have taken you years to be able to get to the point, right, where you realize that it was really a big problem, but then trauma really escalates that. So you end up in this recovery program for three months. And then, you know, I, I read this story on you where you said, hey, I got to get a, you know, I got to get a job. And then you got to get to the job. And you somewhat stumbled into this passion uh, that has really carried you throughout your whole recovery. Yeah. Um, you know, I grew up cycling and I had mountain bikes and BMX bikes and road bikes early on. I enjoyed it. I already had a level of passion for it, which kind of dwindled when I hit, you know, high school and you become an adult, other things become important than bicycles. Um, but the aesthetic of it, the art of it, um, you know, the health aspect of it, the fitness of it really appealed to me and it never left. And I always still did it. It was still part of, you know, um, one of the things that I would do outside of, you know, going to meetings or things like that. And it's something that I can kind of do by myself as an individual. And that was kind of like my time to get away, my time to meditate, my time to think. Um, and it was a, a great resource and an outlet for me. Um, yeah, I, I did. I, I, I had a bike and I had to get to my first job was Trader Joe's. And I had to ride that fixed gear up PCH. Um, my job, my job was usually at night. And so I'd get off at 10 and I'd ride from San Juan Capistrano where my sober living was at up to Newport beach and, uh, and back. And it was kind of a fun ride on PCH. There's not a really a bike lane in, in sections of it. So it's a, it's a little bit sketchy, which was, uh, you know, fun kind of added a bit of excitement for the, the ride home and the ride to. But um, yeah, that was kind of like the beginning of setting that passion in, in, uh, in motion again. You know, when you first get sober, many people are, are really kind of left with a lot of questions, right? Like, why am I here? What am I going to do? I, I thought my life was going to be one way. And, you know, you got sober young. So it's like, so you're, you're now sitting there saying, well, how am I going to reinvent my life? Basically, what am I going to do? Right. And what I love about your story is, is that you kind of, you know, look, you had passion for cycling when you were, I think everybody, right. Like I know I had BMX bikes and 10 speeds and, you know, everybody, you know, from my generation wanted the blue Schwinn, right. We got oh, yeah. the blue Schwinn and then we I wanted the mountain bike. bike. Right and, you know, biking <laughs> is such a big part, especially if you live in California, you basically grew up on a bike, right. If you live in the suburbs or anywhere. 
So, you know, what I love about your story is, is that this, this uh, unfolding, if you will, into something that was bigger than, hey, I'm kind of enjoying this time by myself and this time to be able to meditate, going back and forth to work to, hey, I want to take this a little bit further. Yeah, you know, um, I, it's something that I want to share and kind of get other people involved with. And, you know, fast forward after going through so many years of, of sober livings and rehabs and, and going through that, the, the thing that I found the most important was, for one, giving back was really important to me. Um, you know, they say working with other alcoholics is a, is such a great means of, um, you know, creating strength for yourself personally. And, and that still, I think really holds true. I, I enjoy doing that. Um, but more than that, you know, people need an outlet and mine was easy cause I had it the whole time. I just kind of found it again, but there's a lot of people that haven't been exposed to it. And, you know, that was important to me that, you know, a lot of things didn't work and it seems like I struggled for so long in AA and in sober livings. And, you know, some of that is the, the recovery industry. And some of it is people that are just wholeheartedly giving their time and their efforts and parts of their lives, you know, to give back. And that's kind of, I, I feel more of that nature. And, you know, that's kind of the route that, that was important to me. So that's kind of what I'm spreading is, hey, you don't have to, um, you know, go to AA twice a day. You don't need to necessarily do these things that everyone's telling you, but you do need time to meditate and you need time for yourself. And for me, that was a way I could kind of knock both of those things out. And, you know, we have a yeah, lot of friends in AA and the cycling you, world. It's pretty cool. Yeah. You crafted your own, you know, you used what obviously that you learned through these recovery programs and through 12 steps. But then what you did is you, you kind of almost took that, what I love, and then you extended it into this passion that you have. Tell us a little bit about how you, how you've used this to stay sober and helped other people get sober through cycling. Yeah. So that's important, right? Um, I, I work in the cycling industry, so I'm, I'm, I'm really lucky that I get to do what I love. Um, and, and that made that adaptation and that transition really easy for me which I think is why, you know, why I, I've succeeded and I've, I've stayed sober and, um, you know, alcohol isn't something that I, I fear anymore. It's, I can be around it. I'm comfortable with my own skin. And I think that's the most important thing is that people need to, they need to be healthy and they need to be happy. And for those things to take place, um, you know, you got to rid yourself of the drugs and alcohol. You got to, cleanse your body and you need to set up a lifestyle that would be conducive, you know, for the rest of your life. And that I think was the hardest part for me was, you know, getting rid of old friends and old habits and creating a new lifestyle. And this was really easy. Um, like I said, for me to, to really take on cycling and, you know, riding in groups was big. Um, I'd ride to all these AA meetings and, you know, people would kind of laugh and, my bike is, uh, you know, that's the, the Instagram that I chose to kind of show the bike off. It's, it's an ugly blue bike. It's pretty beat up, but it's got such a, you know, a pretty beautiful story. I thought that, oh, maybe that's, you know, kind of what I'll go with. So I started an Instagram account called Ugly Blue Bike. And that was just kind of like my dedication to how cycling helped me get sober. 
And it, and it also allows you to work with uh, with people who are new, right? Or people who are maybe what they call sober curious, where it's like may, maybe alcohol is a problem for them, but they're not necessarily going to walk into a 12-step meeting right away. They don't maybe feel comfortable with that, but they maybe have a passion for cycling or have ridden bikes before and, and want to go on a ride with you. And through these group rides, do you find that they're almost like 12-step meetings? They are. Yeah. They're, they're very therapeutic like that in a sense. You know, I, I found that for me, when I got to the AA rooms, it was too late. Like I was already a full blown daily alcoholic, physically addicted. If I stopped, I'd have a seizure. And I think a lot of people get to that point. I wasn't like sober curious, like, Hey, I'm going to go try out a meeting. It was way too late before I hit my first AA meeting. But what I'm finding is, you know, people that have learned about my sobriety through cycling um they've come to me and they're not people that are drug addicts or alcoholics but they're people that are you know they're, they're curious about fitness or they're curious about what not drinking might do or what not doing drugs might do you know they're not they're not addicted by by any means but it's part of their lifestyle and they're like well you know maybe i can kind of do without or maybe i can take that out and kind of fit in other things and, uh, and that's good. That's all good, happy, wholesome type stuff that I get to, you know, deal with. I have a lot of friends out of the blue that I haven't seen for a long time that have come and reached out. So, yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, what, what I love about your story is, you know, I, I think anyone who has been sober for a period of time has seen people who have really, they've gotten sober, they're sober and they've maybe gone through 12 step, they've done therapy, they've done everything, but they're miserable. They have no passion. I, I, so I, I sometimes call it like, you know, they're stuck in the church basement, right? Like they're, they're, they're really, they're really miserable. Right. And, and they're really not doing anything and they don't really know what to do. A lot of that comes from, I think, fear, right? Like, it's just like, well, if I do this, I might relapse. And if, if, if I don't do this, I might relapse. So they, they're just stuck in, in, in fear. And what I like about your story is, is that you used everything that you learned in 12 steps. You learned, used everything that you learned in these recovery programs and you extended it into your lifestyle and created a life around it. What, what advice would you give to people who are stuck and they need to find a passion and maybe it's not going to be cycling, right, Parker? Maybe it's going to be something totally different. What advice would you give to them about maybe taking some risks to go out and try to find their passion? Yeah, that's a good point, right? We, we get really comfortable um, in, our, in, our, in our skin and in our addictions, and it's really hard to break that. But that's why I think, you know, the, the health and happiness is the most important thing, and that's mentally and physically. So for me, this kind of, you know, that hits both of those. I, I meditate, I get up, I stretch, you know, I can do my I bike ride two, three, four times a week, just, you know, it depends. But I get out, you know, at least once a week and do it. And for me, going through those actions... It, it, it releases those endorphins. It keeps me happy and healthy. And it allows me to kind of um, have the confidence to, to do that and to try different things. Where before, you know, you're right. You're, you have that fear of, it could be something as simple as going to the DMV and renewing, you know, your driver's license, which I probably didn't do for two years based off of fear and being a, a drug addict and an alcoholic, you know, and, and things like that, that are just so simple, but you know, you do, you take baby steps, it starts small and, you know, you have to create, um, a little bit of a base, I think. So it's, 
that's why it's so tough. It, it takes time and effort. And we just get so used to instant gratification with our background and the things that we do that it, it is hard to, you know, create this whole new lifestyle where you really have to earn it. You know, there's no, no, none of this stuff is given. This is all character building uh, type things that aren't given to you. You know, it's not financial. It's not things that money can buy you. That's kind of the hard stuff you have to learn on your own. But that's what why we have people you know, Parker who say that, you know, you're just trading one, one addiction with another addiction. So I have a, th- th- there's a, a good friend of the recovered life show who watches every episode that that's on recoveredlife.us who, who's a member that comments. He loves golf, right? I mean, uh, just passionate about golf and, and everybody, every once in a while people will comment, Hey, you know what? You're, you've just traded alcoholism for golf, right? And he's very into recovery and he's got a great program, but he, you know, and, and he's just like, Hey, you know what? I'm passionate about it. I love it. He's retired. He golfs all the time. He, he, he made the announcement the other day that he has 35 pairs of golf shoes, right? He, and, and somebody says, well, you're just training one passion for, you know, you're just training one addiction for another addiction. What would be your comment on that? Yes, correct. <laughs> it, it is to a degree. I wouldn't call this an addiction, you know, it's healthy. Um, but I think it, it, you know, we're, we're, we're using some other kind of, you know, athletic event or, or something to create those same fun feelings that our brain uh, admits when we take drugs or alcohol. For me, you know, cycling works. I surf, I rock climb. You know, I've got three brothers that I can go play with um, that really, you know, played a big role in helping me get sober. So having those types of people and activities around are very important, whether it's golf, cycling, flying kites, throwing frisbees. Um, You have to do something with that time that we're spending drinking and, and doing drugs and going through that whole routine. Well, the routine just changes. So it, it's replacing your addiction with something that's taking that time. I don't know if I'd call it an addiction. For me, it is. <laughs> um, I have 36 pairs of cycling shoes. No, I don't. But, you know, it's, it, it's a lot of fun. Um, can't have too many helmets. Can't have too many shoes. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I think that's great. I mean, you know, I, I, I think one thing that we know about alcoholics is they tend to be all or nothing people. So when you see people come in and they get sober and they find their passion, they, they do have, you know, 18 bike helmets or whatever, right? Like they, they do. We have a lot of energy. They do. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we're, we're, we're kind of all or nothing people and we like to throw ourselves into things, but I don't find anything wrong with somebody who has a passion and, and, and they're very, you know, I, I would call it more of a passion or something that they're doing. Right. Yeah. I always look at addiction as people maybe say, you know, addictions have kind of a, a, a negative connotation that, that it is right. It's condescending yeah. when you have an addiction, yeah, but if that, you have that a that passion you or whatever, but I, you know, I found in your case in so many people's cases, this passion has really created balance in their life, right? It's allowed mm-hmm. them to actually live their best recovered life sober, which is really what the show is all about, right? It's, it's, it's really about not just, um, not just staying sober. Um, you know, staying sober is great and you have to stay sober to experience the rest of the stuff. But, but, you know, in, in closing here, Parker, what would you say about your life now? Would you be able to look back, let's just say, 
years ago before you got sober and to be able to look at your life now and imagined how great it, it is? No, never. You know, I didn't think I would, I, I would make it physically. I always thought that, you know, there was going to be some kind of consequence and I'm sure, you know, life is short. Let's, you know, I, I'm here today and I'm happy and I'm healthy and I hope I make it tomorrow. And that's kind of, you know, the way we started getting sober is an act, but staying sober, I guess is a lifestyle. I don't know, but you know, <laughs> I, I'm happy and I'm healthy right now. And so I'm, I'm doing those things that kind of, you know, keep me balanced. And, you know, I found something for me that's really fit into to what I do. And, you know, I always grew up doing sports and, and being somewhat of an athletic person. So for me, this, you know, it slipped right in pretty easy. Parker Boone, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Where can they find out more about you, your passion for cycling? Thanks for having me, Damon. Yeah, you can get me on my, my Instagram is ugly blue book or sorry, ugly blue bike. Um, the great blue book is of course the AA blue book, but um, you can check that out too at your, uh, at your AA meetings. Parker Boone, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks a lot, Damon. Keep the conversation going. Join Recovered Life, a community of like-minded people who are looking to live their best recovered lives. Membership is free, and you can apply at recoveredlife.us.